Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And I'm Kelly. And you're listening to another episode of The Castle Chat. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of our Disney-themed podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations. She recently took a trip on the Disney Cruise Line's newest ship, The Wish. She is giving you all a full recap of her experience from food, entertainment, to rooms. We can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it. Ahoy, Kelly! Ahoy! <laughs> that was I was good. not expecting that. <laughs> Welcome back to the Castle Chat, dear friend. We are so glad to have you on today to talk about The Wish. I am so excited that you guys asked me to come on and talk about The Wish. Also because, you know, like, I want to talk to you guys, but I have not stopped talking about this trip. So I was like, absolutely, let's chat. Oh my gosh, we are so jealous that you got to experience the newest cruise line. I mean, I have not been on a Disney cruise ever. Have you been on one? You have, back in 2000, right? I went on (laughs) a cruise in the year 2000, and I believe I went on the Magic. Um, So it has clearly been... A quite some time since I've been on a Disney cruise, but I am so ready to hear all of the things. So the last cruise that I was on was actually um, a little over a year ago, maybe or around a year ago. We did a test cruise on the Magic. So we have sailed on the Magic three times prior to this, but this was our first time not being on the Magic and doing a Disney cruise. So it was a really fun, different experience. And it is just, I mean, I, I don't think I could say like anything not good about this ship. So just to start it out like that. Okay, well I'll go ahead and delete that question. One of the questions I had for you is like, what do you what did you not like about this experience? So boom, that question's gone because you had an amazing time. Which it's hard to even imagine not having a good time on any type of Disney style vacation. And I'd also like later in the episode love to hear kind of the differences that you saw between the magic and the wish. But let's kick things off with your first is it your inaugural is it your sailing day? Your what's it, what do they even call it? What's like the day when you when you leave? Embarkation. Oh. Day. Embarkation. Yeah, I'm not even educated on the cruise line like terminology here, but <laughs> let's start from the very beginning. Walk us through what was it like boarding the ship? So your kind of experience with Disney Cruise Line is going to actually start even before Embarkation Day. And the only reason that I kind of bring that in is just that this is a little bit newer. So for, you know, Kate and I, when our last cruises were, you know, 20 years ago, it's very different than it used to be. So you'll actually check in online and you'll get a time that you're able to come to the port at that point and actually go through the in-person check-in process. But a lot of what you're doing is going to be done online. So the check-in process has really been sped up, which is very nice. Um, but our check-in time was at 12.30. So that was when we were supposed to arrive to the port. Um, we drove, so Port Canaveral is where we were going out of. Um, it's about 50 minutes from Walt Disney World. So if you are staying at Walt Disney and going on a cruise, 
Um, you can actually do ground transportation, which I would highly recommend. I talked to a lot of different people while on the cruise and they were saying that they did, you know, a night at All Star Music and then did the transportation that Disney provided because then you know, you know, you're good to go. Nothing's going to go wrong. Disney's going to take care of it. Um, we obviously live in Orlando, so we decided to just drive over. Um, we got there around 11.30, so we were a little early and we didn't know what, you know, how that was going to go, but everything was fine. Um, you'll go in, you'll drop off your bags, and your bags are going to be taken onto the ship for you, so you don't have to worry about any of that. Park your car, and then you'll go through the security process. Um, you'll wait for your boarding group to be called. We waited maybe 20 minutes and we were group 14 to get on. So once you get on, you're in the atrium and that is kind of when your cruise experience really starts. You got on the ship and you're excited and ready to go, but from what I've heard, once you get on the ship, it's kind of a mad dash to get things set up for your time there, is that right? It really depends on kind of what you're looking to do on your cruise. Um, so, there's kind of different caveats for that. If you have set everything up, you're not looking to do adult dining, you're not looking to do anything in the spa or anything like that, you're kind of good to go. You can, you know, go get food or go check out the pools, um, things like that. But if you so let's say that you want to do Palo, so there's, there's two adult dining experiences that are on the ship that are um, reservations are required and are additional payment. So those are things that you could have booked through the app prior to getting there. But sometimes you just aren't able to get a reservation. So that's when you kind of do that mad dash up to deck 12 to see if you can get into Palo or Enchante. Um, our mad dash was over to the census spa because we wanted to get um, into the rainforest room. So the rainforest room is basically in this adult only area with like showers and hot stone uh, chairs and saunas and just like anything relaxing that you can think of. Um, so we made our way over there so that we could get our reservation for that. And that's something that you'll have throughout the whole stay, um, your whole cruise. So that was kind of our mad dash, but other people are just kind of going and like getting food and enjoying the atrium. Um, there's gonna be performances that are going on and things like that. So there's a lot to do when you get onto the ship. Yeah, that sounds like Definitely something to prepare for in advance. I know um, the Star Wars theme bar, Hyperspace Lounge, I've seen people needing to go and get reservations for that. How did you handle getting into Hyperspace Lounge? So they aren't taking reservations anymore. They've kind of gone past that. So you can just walk in. Um, we visited that bar several times because we're big Star Wars fans and we never had an issue getting in or getting a seat or anything like that. That's that's awesome that they provide that for you because I feel like there are a lot of experiences on the wish that people want to be a part of. And if it was kind of restricted by these reservations, there might be things that people can't get to get to be a part of, which I know sometimes is a problem at Walt Disney World when reservations are in such high demand. You almost sometimes miss out on experiences that you that you want to be a part of. So that's awesome to hear that you really could just kind of walk in and experience that multiple times on your trip. Tell us a little bit more about the Hyperspace Space Lounge though, because I am very curious about that, being a Star Wars fan myself. What was it like being in there? So I, it, you kind of have to think of it like, um, it's supposed to be Dryden Boss's um, yacht that you go onto in Solo, so uh, the movie. And it 100% looks like that. Like that kind of high end, a little bit different than what you would think of Star Wars. I think Star Wars, usually we think like the kind of like, you know, gritty, like Tatooine 
type of a feel. Um, so this is much more like elevated and you're in this yacht setting. Um, so you go in, everything is, I mean, just as you expect with Disney, you know, highly, highly detailed. Um, there is, the menus are on iPads. So you're kind of like going through and clicking and checking things out with, with that. Um, all of the drinks look completely different than a drink, you know, would look on the earth. <laughs> so you'll see like the wine glasses are completely different. Um, you have this big window where it goes to hyperspace every seven minutes and you go to a different planet. Um, so there's just a lot of interaction. It's very engaging. And if you're a Star Wars fan, I think it's an awesome experience. Even if you're not a Star Wars fan, I feel like that is just very cool to sit in and kind of see all the different elements that are kind of going into this space. Now, are you more of an Oga's Cantina fan or now a Hyperspace Lounge fan? <laughs> Which one would you say is Ooh. better? <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's very, very different experience because Oga's, as you know, like you're kind of, it's, you know, that is where it's like 45 minutes, you're in and you're out. So it's a much, much more like hustle and bustle. Whereas Hyperspace Lounge, like we sat there and we talked to the bartender for like an hour and a half of just like, you know, like talking about different things and like Star Wars and like where he's from and things like that. So it's a really different feel. I think like when I'm in the theme park, I probably like the Oga's feel because I do want to keep moving. But when I'm on a cruise ship, I'm just like, time doesn't matter, you know, like you're on vacation time. So then I love it. I love that. That's awesome. Now, while we're kind of on the topic of like drinks and food, why don't we talk a little bit about all the different kind of food options or drink options there are on a Disney Cruise Line ship, but specifically the Wish. Would you mind talking through kind of what those options are? Yeah. So it is very different when you go on a cruise, what kind of dining is and everything like that. Um, just because of the way that, you know, a ship is set up and that they have to move all these people through the different dining experiences. So kind of the main, you know, we'll talk about the main dining first is the rotational dining that you'll do for dinner. So there is going to be three different restaurants and this would be on any Disney ship. There's going to be three main dining restaurants. It's just that the, the main dining restaurants will be different. There's two seating times for it. So there's the main seating time, which is going to be around 545. You'll see a lot of families with younger children are going to be placed in that time. And then there's the second seating, um, which is at 815. So that's the seating that we were in, uh, my husband and I, and we went started off um, our first night at Worlds of Marvel. What Disney does is rotational dining. So that means that there's those three different uh, dining experiences that, that there are. They'll make sure that you go to all of them because you'll go to World of Marvel one night, then you'll go to Arendelle another night, and then after that, you'll go to the 1923 restaurant. And one, we were on a four-day cruise, so we had one night where we went to the same one. Um, you'll also have a server and an assistant server, which kind of go through everything with you. So when you're in World of Marvel, you have that server, and then the next night in Arendelle, you have the same server. So they kind of get to know your you know, tastes and what you like, what you don't like. Um, so they can kind of make sure that that experience is really special to you. Um, there are other dining things that you can do on the cruise as well. So of course we talked about the adult only dining. So that's Palo Steakhouse and then Enchante. Those are gonna be additional costs. Um, this is something that I probably should have said at the beginning, but all of your food is included in a Disney cruise, which is wonderful because you kind of know what your budget's gonna be. Um, my husband and I love that because we love to eat. And that's just something that we know we're going to spend money on when we go on vacation. So we kind of have that budgeted out before we even, you know, get there. Um, 
There are some quick service options on uh, the ship as well. So that's going to be Marsley Market, which is like your buffet style. It'll be open for breakfast and lunch. Um, the, that is not an additional cost and neither is Mickey and Friends Festival of Foods. So those are kind of like quick service, just go up and grab. Um, there's a cantina, so like Mexican food, there's a barbecue place. Um, pizza place, burgers, hot dogs, and that's going to be on the same deck where a lot of the pools are. So that's kind of like your, you know, you can go up there when you're like, like hanging at the pool or something like that. Um, room service is also included and it's open 24 hours a day. So that is always like my big tip is take advantage of room service. If you want cookies at 12 p.m., get the cookies from room service. Um, and then additional things that are would be on top of your price. So this would be something that you would pay um, additional for. Joyful Sweets is like a sweet shop. There's gelato and candy that they sell there. And then there's also three coffee shops that are on board and then all the bars and lounges. Three coffee shops sounds like my ironic um, phrase here, my cup of tea, um, <laughs> my cup of coffee. <laughs> Yeah, that, like there's so many options. I mean, as you're talking about, I'm like, man, I could eat there. I could drink there. I could do this. I could do that. Like, it's just almost overwhelming the amount of food options that there are. Yeah, it, there, it seems like there is something for everybody. But um, in terms of what you experienced, did you have a personal favorite? Is there one that if you could go back tonight for dinner or for a treat, like what would be your top pick? I think... So I'll kind of like break it out because it's hard to, you know, compare like a quick service to a main dining. Um, main dining in terms of the food, I loved Worlds of Marvel. Um, Worlds of Marvel is like a um, experience, like a, you know, dining experience truly where you're having a show go on and all of this. And obviously it's based on the MCU. So the foods are inspired by different worlds within the MCU. Um, so I had something that was from uh, Sokovia and different things like that. So it was just kind of cool as, you know, a Marvel fan to see the, how they had taken different elements of Marvel stories and brought that into dining. Um, in terms of the quick service, in the Mickey's Friends um, Festival of Foods, there's a cantina, which is Donald's Cantina. Um, and they have like uh, rice bowls and like tacos and things like that. And that was our favorite. We would have gone back there. Actually, we did go back there every day. I don't know why I would say we would have. Um, we were like literally being like, we need to figure out how to make these taco bowls at home, but they're just not as good when somebody else, you know, like when you make them for yourself. Um, and then bars and lounges, we loved all of them. Man, I'm like getting hungry just sitting here, like hearing you talk about it. Mostly, I think, I have never haven't been on The Wish, but I think my favorite would be Arendelle. I mean, right? Like, it would have to be. Because how, how could I be a diehard Frozen fan and not try to sneak into Arendelle literally every single night if it was possible? <laughs> yeah, I think you would definitely be in love with all that Arendelle has to offer. I mean, just seeing Olaf pushed around on a little cart, like I think that is one of the cutest things. When I saw some content from that, I was like, okay, take me now. Like literally, I'm just dropping all of my money and I'm gonna go and I want to sit in this little restaurant and watch Olaf be pushed around on a cart all night. Yeah, I don't remember when we were talking about it, but we said that would be like the perfect cast member job for you would yes, be like yes. Olaf's attendant. Yeah, I think I first thought I was going to be Olaf himself. And then I was like, oh, no, I guess I should be the attendant. So but how was how was the Arendelle experience? Because I've heard a lot of really good things about it. So this is the one that we actually did not experience. We had Arendelle two nights. 
Um, and we had, there's different things that are on board, different activities, um, and they have uh, tasting seminars. Um, and we did one, which was the rum tasting seminar. And that was at 8 p.m., which we were kind of bummed about that they had these seminars at the time when we had dinner. But we were like, okay, it's fine. You know, we're going to Arendelle twice. So not a big deal. Like our first night, we'll just miss it. Um, but of course the first night is the night that you kind of have that whole experience. The second night that we were in that location um, was Pirates Night. So they do a kind of pirate themed, um, you know, with different like Caribbean themed foods and things like that. So we didn't get the full effect of Arendelle, which I was kind of upset about, but it just means we have to go back. So it's not a big deal. Yeah, no worries. Uh, just, I, book another, just book another trip. There you go. Yeah, I mean, no worries, right? <laughs> so, um, but we were seated uh, with two other couples. So that's one thing to know when you do um, go on a Disney cruise, and this is across the cruise line industry. Uh, they have to fill certain spaces. So you may not be by yourself, depending on your um, party size. So we were placed with two other couples and I know a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, that must have been horrible. That's my biggest nightmare. Um, it is not bad at all because you think about it, like if you have adults on a Disney cruise, they're Disney fans. So we all just talked about Disney the whole time and it was super fun. Um, but they had talked about their Arendelle experience and they said it was one of the best experiences that they've had on a Disney you know, destination across Disneyland or Disney World. They just thought that the way that the story was put together and everything along with the food was just exceptional. That is a great summation of all the food and drink options. You did a fantastic job of laying that down for us. Let's let's move on to, what do you think, the rooms? Yeah, we can talk about rooms. Let's talk about the rooms. Tell us about where the type of room that you stayed in and then the other types of rooms that you can stay in on The Wish. So we had a deluxe stateroom with a veranda. Um, and kind of a caveat to that, there are two different types of verandas that you can get. You can get just the you know full veranda or you can get a navigator's veranda. Um, we have the navigator's veranda and what that means is basically that it's like you have somewhat of a view that's cut off. Um, whereas a regular veranda, you'll have that full open area. We had like a quarter of it had a wall in front of it because we were the last uh, deluxe stateroom with veranda room. So that kind of is where it is. Um, the only thing that that is different that obviously is you have that view change but you also are paying less for that room so that may be a good way to kind of save a few dollars if you want a veranda um but want to just you know be a little economical um the rooms that we were in they sleep up to four people so there's a queen bed and then there's also a pull-out couch um one of the best things about a disney cruise stateroom is the split bathrooms um, you will have one area that is just like the toilet and a sink, and then you'll have a separate area that's, you know, completely different room that has your shower. And in this, uh, ship, you actually have like a full shower, which is incredible. If, you know, you remember the magic, there, nothing's wrong with the shower, but it's just, you know, it's a shower. This one is like, oh my gosh, it's like I'm in a hotel room. Um, so you'll have that as long, uh, along with a sink as well. So it's really great when you have, you know, bigger parties or even like when Pat and I were getting ready, he would take one sink, I would take another sink and we could kind of like speed up the process. Um, so the top number of people that you can have in a room is up to six people. That actually would be in concierge level. So there are different concierge rooms um, and all of that has different benefits that you get if you are staying in a concierge room. Um, but at the regular level, up to five people can fit in a room depending on the type of room that you get. But you can get adjoining rooms. So if you have a party of eight, you can get 
two rooms that are adjoined and you can still kind of be close to each other and have that door that opens. The different types of rooms that there are are your inside state rooms. So that's going to be no porthole, nothing that you're looking out of. Um, you do have a um, ocean view, so that would be with a porthole. Um, so just a big window. Um, and then you have your state rooms with the veranda. Kate, what, I mean, obviously we all want to stay in a veranda, but if you had to pick and you know, money is a factor here, which one would you go for? Which one do you feel like is worth the money? I mean, your girl is bougie. I want to stay in the concierge level room. <laughs> of course you do. Of um, course you do. Let's be realistic here. Let's be more realistic. Um, I mean, I definitely would want a veranda. So the last time I went on a cruise was right before the height of the pandemic. And I did get pretty seasick on that cruise. It was during the winter. And I know winter seas are a little bit rougher in general. Um, but having a room where you can get out on a balcony, get some fresh air, visibly see the water, because I know for me anyway, we've talked about my motion sick sickness. I have pretty easily triggered motion sickness. Just sitting in the dining rooms on a cruise ship where I can feel the movement of the ship, but it seems like everything should be stable. It makes me feel so nauseous. And so for me, I on a cruise have to have a place where I can get outside and have fresh air. So definitely think that the veranda room is a good call. And it's great to know that there are options to have that nicer room, but maybe take a, a little bit of the price off by being willing to have a cutoff view. Well, okay. So speaking of prices, let's chat a little bit about that. What is like the typical or average price for a stateroom on the Wish? Is it going to be a lot? Is it going to be more a lot more expensive than the other cruise line ships that Disney has, or is it still about average? Like, where do the prices lie? So it's a little difficult to say what an average price is going to be, um, just because it's the same kind of thing as like with a Disney vacation package. So a lot of different elements come into it. Obviously, what your room is, um, what time of year you're going, um, if you do a four night versus a three night. Um, but I will say for us, we were able to do it for about $2,000 and that's for two adults. The one thing to think about if you do start looking into cruises, um, especially for Disney cruises, this may be different across other cruise lines, but pretty much across the board, you're gonna see it's double occupancy ratings, um, or I'm sorry, pricing. So that means when you look at your cost, that's for two people. So it's not, you know, you look at, and it might be say $2,200. That's not per person. That's for two people in a stateroom. Um, Disney does run different sales at different points. Right now, the Wish isn't really included in a lot of those offers just because it is in its inaugural sailing. But you can look at uh, some of the other uh, cruise, uh, cruise ships they have. So there's the, the Magic and the Wonder, which are the smaller, um, older cruise lines or ships, excuse me. And then there's also the Dream and the Fantasy. And now they have announced that we're getting another ship. And they announced this at D23, we're getting the treasure, which it seems crazy that they're like already announcing the next ship because I feel like we just got the wish. But these cruise ships take so long to build and create. So it makes sense that they're like, yo, by the way, we got the treasure coming out. But I'm like, when I when I saw that news announcement, I was almost taken back. I wasn't really expecting it. Were you expecting that news announcement? Um, I think I was just because I'd heard buzz about it, um, but I wasn't expecting the news about um, the cruise line going to other places in the world like Fiji and Australia and that side um, of the oceans, but um, I definitely have been so eager to book a trip to go on the Wish that 
I know just from feedback, like we're hearing from Kelly, that whatever they do on the treasure, it's gonna be like jaw dropping. It's hard to imagine that though, because I feel like the wish is so, is so jaw dropping <laughs> from what I've seen. It's like, but then Disney is literally like, okay, well, we'll take a jaw dropping experience and just take it to the next level. And they're so good at doing that. They're always thinking ahead and thinking, how can I elevate this experience for for the next you know member that's going to come on this cruise? So I love that that's their their mindset. And the treasure is going to be, I mean, it's going to be wild. Yes, it's going to be a treasure. I know. It's going to be a treasure. <laughs> um, so Kelly, we've talked about food. We've talked about the rooms. Let's talk about the experiences that you can have on the wish outside of just your dining and places to stay we know that they have shows you talked about the senses spa what are some of these experiences that people who want to go on the wish um, could expect or should know about yeah so there is a lot a lot to talk about (laughs) with all of that so um we'll kind of break it down and um we can you know chat about different areas of it so um, one of the, I think, best ways to kind of talk about it is the different areas and spaces that they have on the ship. Um, so if you are going with kids, there are kids clubs. Uh, so there's the Oceaneer Club, Edge, Vibe, and the Hideaway. So these are all going to be spaces that are um, specific to a certain age group. And you can check out those age groups online to see what age group your child, your child fits into. Um, but they're all extremely I mean, if you are an adult, I was just writing a blog post and one of my tips is to go to the open houses for these different locations because as an adult, we walked into the Star Wars cargo bay that's part of the Oceaneer Club, which is for like three to 11 year olds. And Pat and I turned to each other and we're like, can we stay here? Like, how do I be 11 years old again? Like, this is so cool. Um, So you can check out those spaces when there's open houses. So the first day, uh, usually right when you get on, those spaces are open and you can go in there and check them out. Um, And that's also the time that you will go in and register your child for those spaces. In addition to those uh, areas, there's also a nursery. So it's, it's a small world nursery. That is an additional cost. Whereas these other clubs are not, nothing that they do there is gonna be an additional cost unless something's noted, if there's like a special, you know, program or something like that. Um, But that is all included in your price of the cruise. So you can kind of have, you know, the kids have their areas and then there's the adult areas as well. Um, With the adult areas, the kind of big ones are gonna be the spas and different areas there. So there's the sensitive spa. Um, that's going to be a full service spa. So they do, you know, massages, facials, different things like that. Um, there's two new spaces that are on this ship, which are really cool. Hooks Barbary and the Untangled Salon. So Hooks Barbary is, of course, a barber shop. And then Untangled Salon is a salon that's based on um, Tangled. So these different areas are just really cool, really well themed. Um, Hooks Barbary actually has a whiskey bar in it as well, which is really, really cool. Um, they do tastings there. So that's one that we did not do. And Pat was like, okay, our next cruise, we're definitely doing that. Um, or he's definitely doing that. I don't like whiskey. So <laughs> that's going to be all him. Um, but he'll give you guys a full review after. Um, and then they have also the census fitness area, which, you know, I was like, why would you want to, you know, anything when you're on a cruise? But it was a very popping area over there. So if that is your thing, there is a space for you. Um, and then there's also the hero zone which is basically like the gym. So there's um, an area for you to play um, like ping pong and foosball. And then there's like a basketball area. 
Um, and we walked in there and Pat is like super athletic. And so he, or when he was younger, like he was really into sports. And so he was like, oh my gosh, this would have been like where I spent my entire time if I was like 14. And I'm like, oh my God, no, there's sports. And he's like, Kelly, this is like a kid's dream. I was like, okay, maybe not mine, but that makes sense. It was very cool. We saw a lot of people like hanging out there the whole time. So there is a lot to do no matter what your age group is. For me, remembering my experience on the Disney Cruise Line when I was little, they had the Oceaneers Club and I typically am a homebody. I want to hang out and I want to be with everybody. And that I do remember being a kid and being like, see ya mom, I'm good. Um, I'm going into the kids club because it's cooler in there. It's really funny because my fiance, Jed, did not have a great experience on a cruise line in the past with like the teen kids club. I mean, he hasn't been on Disney cruise before, but I don't even remember what type of cruise he was on. But he was like brought there with his older brother and his older brother kind of like left him and went to go like hang out with some friends. And he was kind of like, like what am I supposed to do like am I gonna do this little activity and like maybe make some friends from it and he to this day is like I was traumatized on that cruise because no one wanted to be my friend no one wanted to talk to me and I was like I wanted to be like it's because you didn't go on a Disney cruise you didn't go on the Oceaneers Club it would have been totally different that's your mistake (laughs) that's what I want to tell him but (laughs) I will say that I went on when I was 10 and so I have two older siblings they were not in the same age group as me because you know you're based you have a space based on your age um and so i am like you know the more extroverted one in the family and i was like well i'm gonna go to the kids club i hated it i hated every second of it but it was not because of what was going on there it was my personality of having severe fomo where i was like what like what are my mom and dad doing and are are they doing things that i want to do right now so it's obviously like you need to know your kid and like that i think it's great that that is there as an option. Um, I also think what they have now versus what they had 20 years ago is very different. So they have like character interactions. Um, They have a lot of things that are more than just like sit down and color pages. Um, So there's just a lot of different, if your kids are like into, you know, Imagineering and all of that, like I think that's really something that I would have just eaten up as a child. There's a whole Imagineering section and a whole like princess section and Star Wars and Marvel. So they've they really kind of leaned into elevating these spaces. Oh, I mean, I wish I could like go back in time and be a kid, but today and go experience all of those things. Cause I know that I would absolutely love it. I mean, I, I'm almost like, dang it, why am I an adult? Like, (laughs) I was born in the wrong era. (laughs) But, I mean, speaking on kind of what you just spoke about with the the different, like, opportunities for experiences, what about the, is there multiple shows or is there just the one show on The Wish? Yeah, so there's other things that are kind of open to everyone, and I think that's a really good question to kind of get into that. So um, there are shows each evening. Um, of your sh- of your voyage. So we were there for four nights. There are three um, Broadway-style performances on this ship. So the first one is Seize the Adventure, which is a brand new one. It's kind of like a um, uh, like variety show of like all the different um, like classic and recent Disney movies. So you have, um, there's different, uh, there's a point where there's like uh, Anna and Elsa, or sorry, just Elsa, just kidding. Elsa, Moana, and um, uh, Merida are singing. So it's kind of like, you know, brings all that together. Then the other shows are The Little Mermaid. It's a retelling of The Little Mermaid. Um, and then also Aladdin. So the last two shows are an hour in length. If Seize the Adventure is 30 minutes. And that's everybody 
can see that one. I'm sorry, those three. Um, it's performed twice a night. On that second, uh, or the, it was the third night, instead of having a show there, they'll have a movie. So they showed Hocus Pocus 2 that night. Oh, that sounds so much fun. I mean, I have heard a lot about the shows on the ships. I've heard a lot about the, I think it's the Golden Mickeys. Is that one of the ones from the, is it from the Magic or the Dream? I don't know which I one that's, that's on. That's on yeah, that's on I've heard I've heard like amazing things about that show specifically and just other shows that have happened on the cruise ships. I just can't get over how like the the Broadway style experience. Um, like you're like you're in New York, like literally going to see a Broadway show. It's it's wild to me that they can perform at that level. Um, it's amazing. So I, I'm really hoping that I get to go um, on a Disney cruise soon so I can just enjoy the shows. I think I would really enjoy that. Yeah, I just need a Dramamine before sitting in an enclosed theater on a cruise ship. <laughs> okay, let's talk so, about seasickness then. Yeah. Let's talk about I, it. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to talk about here because I also do get seasick. Um, I don't have like terrible motion sickness. It's when I'm in a car or on a ship. Um, but I also don't want that to stop me from doing things. So I really tried to find ways to help with it. But I feel the same way where, you know, the veranda is worth it for me because I do have, you know, those moments where I can kind of look out and they say, you know, you look to the horizon and that can help reset. Um, the other thing that I did, and I can't remember the name of it, but I can put it up on my Instagram if anyone is interested in it. Um, it's basically this like band you wear around your um, wrist and it sends like, basically like shocks to your nerve. It sounds worse than it is, um, but it's essentially like resetting your brain. I don't know, That's I'm not a doctor. Um, Kate, you can probably talk about this much better than I can, but um, it helps a ton. So you wear it um, while the ship is you know, at sea and it helps so much more than I can even explain. I have done the things before where it has like the pressure points that you wear on your wrists. Um, I also did the ones where it's like the, the um, it's almost like a little sticker that you wear behind your ear or like near your stomach. Um, but this was the thing that helped me the most because the Dramamine, the other problem with that is that you're, it's, even if you get the less drowsy, I always feel like I still get drowsy. So then I have this like brain fog throughout my cruise. So this little contraption that I got on Amazon was a lifesaver. I will be purchasing one whenever I do get to go on a cruise then because I definitely think that we're probably not the only ones in that um, category that needs something to keep us stable and feeling a little more relaxed when we are adjusting to the sensation of being on a cruise. But I think we've done a lot of covering things that are on the cruise. Did you guys go to Castaway Key? We did. We did go to Castaway Key. So, um, very, I mean, so I, I guess I should start with, we went to two Port of Calls while we were on our cruise because we were a four night cruise. Um, so our first day was at Nassau um, in the Bahamas. And we actually did not get off that day because we had been to Nassau before. Um, but I would recommend if you are going to Nassau to consider doing an excursion through Disney. Um, these are things that you can book prior to the sailing um, through the Navigator app, which is something that you should make sure you download um, once you've booked your cruise. Um, or also online through your Disney Cruise Line uh, account. Um, with Castaway, you also can book excursions. We did not. Uh, Castaway is Disney's private island, so you kind of go right up to the island and you walk right out and you have kind of free reign of this area that is absolutely beautiful. 
Um, Disney takes an incredible, incredible job, you know, care of this area. Um, there's a bunch of different areas, again, for different age groups. So there is um, Serenity Bay, which is the adult only beach. Um, so that's kind of where we went to right away. And pro tip, if you are trying to get to Serenity Bay, one is to get off the ship early um, because it will get pretty crowded over there. Um, and two is if you're taking the tram, which I would recommend because it's a pretty long walk over there, you have to take one tram and then take another tram. So you're going to take the first tram, two stops, get off that tram, and then take another tram to Serenity Bay. That's a that's a trek. I don't know that um, I realize that one, the island would be that big, but two, maybe you need to do a little bit of planning, a little bit of research in advance, which is one of the reasons why having a travel agent is so great when you do this yeah. kind of stuff. Oh, I wonder, I wonder who our go-to travel agent is. That's weird. I think her name's Kelly. Yeah, I think her name's Kelly. She's our sponsor and she's wonderful and we love her. <laughs> my husband did say I mean he's obviously he's my husband so he has to say that you know he, he loves me and everything but he was like when we got off the ship and I like knew to do those things he was like oh my gosh thank god we have you because like I don't I would have never known what to do I'm like I know I know Thank you. You're like, it's my job. It, it literally is my yeah. job. So. <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> okay, so why don't you, so can you book Disney Cruise Line vacations for, for clients? I can, and I love to do Disney Cruise Line vacations because it is a completely different beast. Um, if you've booked another cruise, it's different. If you have gone to Disney, it's very different. So I love booking Disney Cruise Line vacations because they are much easier to plan for the families. Um, because it's kind of like, here's your, you know, there's a guide, here you go, figure out what you want to do and let's get those things booked for you. Um, but it's also just super relaxing. So people always come back from these trips and they're like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've relaxed. Um, so definitely consider cruises. And also if you're a family that usually goes to Walt Disney World or does the parks, you can always kind of do a land and sea. So start at Walt Disney World and then you know, do a couple of days there and then go on the cruise. Um, so you get that time to kind of relax. So shout out to one of our listeners, Haley. She is a big Disney Cruise Line fan. She loves doing the land and sea kind of combo. She's all about going to Disney World. She tells me all the time, she's like, I like to like get a workout and get all my stress out at Disney. And then I go on the cruise and I just relax and I get the best of both worlds. So she is a big advocate for that. And I think, I mean, I would love to do that too. I would find it hard going to Port Canaveral and being that close to Walt Disney World and not going in the parks as well as going on the cruise personally. Yeah, I totally agree. When I did the cruise as a kiddo, that's how we did it. They wore us out in the parks and then we went on the cruise and the adults could chill by the pool while the kiddos still burnt off some steam, but it was a little more controlled. So I think that land and sea is a great way to do it. And like you said, I mean, a lot of people who are going to go in that direction have the potential to just fly into MCO anyway. And it's a short, what, like 50 minute drive to Port Canaveral from Orlando. Yeah. The other thing too, and you know, as we're talking about it is, you know, that Port Canaveral is kind of Disney's, Disney Cruise Line's home base, but there are different ports throughout the US and they also do um, travel into Canada as well as Europe. Um, and they're going to Australia too. So if you are in other areas um, and you're like, you know, I'm on the West Coast, I don't think I can get to Port Canaveral, don't count Disney Cruise Line now because they do actually go out of San Diego. 
Um, they also go out of Vancouver, so and Galveston, Texas, and New Orleans. So there's a bunch of different options too. I mean, they make it very accessible for you to be able to get on one of their ships. They're smart. They know what they're doing. They're like, we're going to provide a port literally everywhere so that you cannot avoid the Disney Cruise Line. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. But so with you being a travel planner you can help put these trips together for people for free you your services are free so if you do not know that kelly's kelly can literally provide you a free service from start to finish disney pays her directly so it's a wonderful way to get the help and the tips that you need to get your trip booked without any stress and know that when you arrive on your ship you'll know exactly where to do where to go what to do what to eat what to wear like literally everything because she prepares all of that for you and i think it's amazing that that service is literally complimentary i think like a lot not, not a lot of times people realize that about your services so i definitely wanted to, to highlight that I totally agree. I think it's clear just by hearing Kelly's feedback in this podcast episode, specifically talking about, we've talked about all things Disney before, but with the Disney Cruise Line being something different, she not only knows so much about it just from being a Disney travel agent, but now she's experienced it firsthand and is going to be one of the best people to reach out to and have help you and guide you through, okay, my family's interested in doing this. How can we accomplish that? And she has all of the insight and tips and tricks on how to make sure that you have the absolute best vacation possible. So Kelly, we can't thank you enough, first of all, for being our personal travel agent, but we hope that as people continue to hear you give insight and feedback from these trips yourselves on the episodes, that more people will realize that working with a travel agent is so much better than trying to do it yourself. Thanks, Yeah, no, it's always, I think, the thing that I found being a travel agent too, especially for you know, Disney destinations, is it's really more about being there as you know a resource for people. So I know I've had some people that say, well, I want to do the planning, then absolutely do the planning. But when you have questions or anything like that, instead of having to go to Facebook groups and rely on people that you don't really know if they've had these experiences, I can kind of be there as, well, you know, in my experience, this is what we've done, but here's some other options for you too. So I think that's always it. You know, it's kind of like I get to be your Disney friend throughout this journey of planning your trip and just be there to answer any questions. Of course, it's so magical having you on our side when it comes to our Disney trips, whether it's land or sea. Now, is there anything else that you would like to add about the wish before we end our time together today? I think just overall, if you guys have any questions about the wish, um, feel free to reach out. There is a lot of stuff that, you know, we can't cover in a podcast episode just because there is so many different details. Um, but, you know, just different things like tips for how to, you know, make sure that you get your get off the ship um, disembarkation day um, quickly or what lounges to go to, different things like that. Feel free to reach out because I would love to talk to you and help you out with the trips. And how can they get connected to your services, Kelly? Ah, well, I'm glad that you asked. Um, be sure to head over to the Castle Chat on Instagram. And if you go to their link in their bio, there's actually a form that you can fill out. Um, and that will get an email sent over to me and then I can reach out to you. Um, or you can also follow me on Instagram. So I'm at Kelly's Magical Vacations. Um, also on Facebook, but Instagram's probably the best one to reach out to me at. I love it. I love it. If you guys are a regular listener of the Castle Chat, then you get to hear Kelly every week in our trip tip section. And we have the privilege of having her with us today for a live trip tip. So let's let's do a trip tip. You got one for us today, Kelly? I do. And I figured 
you know, let's keep on being here. It's going to be a Disney cruise related uh, trip tip. So this one is about the Navigator app. So if you have been to Walt Disney World or Disneyland before, you know that there is an application that you'll download onto your phone and that's kind of where everything lives. Same thing with the cruise. It's now called the Navigator app. So once you get um, booked with your Disney Cruise Line vacation, I highly recommend downloading that app right away, getting your information loaded into it, and being able to just kind of go around and look at everything in there. In that app, you're going to find how much, you know, your balances do, what's, um, what date it is, different things like that. And also the thing to remember with this is that there are certain excursions, certain onboard activities, things like that, that you can book a certain number of days out. Um, and you'll be able to find that information on the app. A lot of those dates are going to be based on um, if you're part of Disney Cruise Line's uh, affinity group. So their Castaway Club, which if you take a Disney cruise, um, you are part of it right away. Um, but if you're not, then you'll get to see kind of what the dates are that your different experiences are going to open. So highly recommend checking out that Navigator app. And if you do book through me, I'll make sure that you have a guide to help you kind of through that whole experience as we use it both off and on the ship. That is a fabulous tip. I will be sure to download that app for sure when I'm ready for my next Disney Cruise Line trip. Well, thanks, Kelly, so much for being with us today. We do have a couple more segments before we end our time together, but just wanted to say thank you again for your time and your knowledge and just your smiling face. I know the listeners can't see your face. We see you, but we love having you on the show. And I know our listeners also enjoy hearing your wonderful voice. Thank you guys. It is great to be back chatting with you and I can't wait for our next episode. Small shop shout out. We got a shout out, but it's from Kelly. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, that helped. The the, the jingle was the getting jingle. bad, and I had then to, you redeemed yep, it. I had to redeem it a little bit. Okay, Kelly's still here with us. It's small shop shout out time. And Kelly, who are you shouting out today? I am shouting out a small shop called Spinning Wheel Design Co. Um, this is, the owner is Andrea. She um, makes custom etched uh, glassware. And this is one of my favorite gifts to give people. I have bought several items from her. Um, whenever I have a couple that gets married or engaged, I will get them a cup from her or a you know wine glass or something like that. Um, she does a, a bunch of different kinds and she is exceptional to work with. Um, she does a lot of different custom designs. So if you reach out to her and you say, I want one of, I don't know, Duffy Bear. Um, she will work with you to try to get that uh, figured out and create something that's special for you. So you can check her out at Spinning Wheel Design Co. on Instagram, and she is also Spinning Wheel Design Co. on Etsy. I am literally looking at her page right now, and I already see a few designs that I want to go ahead and order. I see some Star Wars. I see some park icons. I even see there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. I mean, all of these are literally so cute and a great idea for sending gifts with the holidays coming up as well a great thing to look into as well so definitely give them a follow at spinning wheel design co for now thanks guys for spending time with us and with us and kelly today on this episode of the castle chat for now we'll leave you with what we always leave you with which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you go make it magical see you real soon bye guys bye, bye.